Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Thank you, Farad, and welcome, my baby boomer buddies. We are back again with another show for you, the baby boomer. We like to talk about all things that uh, that we're concerned about, and I do that, of course, with my two partners. First of all, from uh, the uh, the lovely land of, no, not land of Lincoln. Uh, who was famous that came out of Indiana? Uh, we claim Lincoln. Oh, okay, you can have Lincoln. Birthplace yeah. of Lincoln. Birthplace of Lincoln, where he laid his first log, and um... <laughs> oh. Oh. come on, that just came to me, and that's funny. <laughs> I had a rail splitter this morning. <laughs> oh, that morning thickness. Anyhow, uh, Tim comes from Indiana. He is the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. Hey, uh, my pillow creator, Mike Lindell, just had his bank accounts closed by Minnesota Bank and Trust and Heartland Financial, forcing him to create a new mattress. (laughs) (laughs) And from the Mile High City, a woman who's still giggling over the other jokes, please welcome Carolyn Strauss. Yeah, I refuse to admit now, being with you guys, that I'm a boomer. I'm joining the Xers, and nobody can say anything about that. They can't stop me because I am not playing. Yeah. But Mike Lindell, he is he is a piece of work, isn't he? I mean, piece pillows of something, and politics. Yes. Pillows and politics. How did pillows and, well. They've always gone together. Yeah. I don't yeah, know where the politics came from, but the pillows, he invented my pillow because he was a crack addict and had to find something that he could <laughs> actually get to sleep on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I, I don't know what that guy's up to, but it, it's something no good, you know, and uh, so. <laughs> we'll oh, I just want to take, I just want to take him in for a makeover. Let's get rid of that ridiculous mustache. Let's just fix the hair and see what he looks like as a human. <laughs> just just uh, you know uh comb the hair down the middle trim the mustache so it's just a little stub in oh, the middle stop. and then then you got him <laughs> now now that's true that's not that's unfair i should pick on other royalty like prince andrew you know he got kicked out of the military because he you know he had this sex thing that's coming up and uh and they even they went so far they said we are no longer waxing your Rolls Royce. So that is all, you know, it's on him now. And Jazane Maxwell said well, she's Well, that's going- because that's because he wanted to have his Bentley waxed. <laughs> You know, that's such a cute name for it, isn't it? <laughs> Hello, meet Bentley. Uh, you, Bentley's yeah. a good name for that or a golden retriever. You don't, you don't look for a seventeen-year-old to wax the Bentley. That's the problem. It's a stable boy conversation. And and and, and Giselle Giselle Maxwell came out today and said, oh, "All right, I'll name those names that I said I wasn't going to name." 
So watch for her suicide to be coming up real soon. <laughs> and then I heard today that Prince Harry and Meghan want to go to London because it's the Queen's 70th anniversary in 2022 as, you know, she ascended to the throne 70 years ago. And there's going to be all these big parties this summer. But they are no longer providing security for Harry because he left his duties as one of the royals. And Harry and Meghan want to pay for their own security, but the royal family is saying no. How does that work? I don't know. If I was them, I'd just bring, you know, like the rock along with me. and <laughs> he's, he's our guest. Yeah, that's great. Wow. Wow. Well, you know. 70 years, 70 years. I mean, she she beat Queen Victoria's record, I think. Is that right? That's right. Is that she correct? She is now she... the long, I believe she is the longest reigning monarch. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh... We should get her on the show. <laughs> oh, I, I talked to her yesterday, Dale. She's really busy, but I'll ask again. <laughs> well, actually, actually, we uh, we wanted to have someone who uh, uh, th- th- that age, that generation, on, and we couldn't get the queen. So I think we, I think we got someone else. This guy was just a kid when when uh, Queen uh, when Elizabeth took the throne. What we have is uh, we have a, a a guy who wrote a book when he was forty four and he finished it a few weeks ago. He's now eighty six, and so he's a little older than a baby boomer, but a fantastic person. So the man joins us today. He calls himself a, a baby boomer in training. He's eighty six, going on sixty. So Jim Flaherty, thank you too. Another day above ground. My pleasure. I woke up on the right side of the grass this morning. That's what counts. <laughs> that, that's that's how we that's how we got our uh, name of our show, boy. Of course. <laughs> I loved your book. I, I loved your book. It's basically, you know, you're 86, and the, the basic theme is, you know, don't stop dancing until the music stops playing. You know, you're you're out there every day living. What's your secret? You know, here it is in the afternoon, and I'm already tired. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I did years ago. <clears throat> I, uh, from all people, Noel Coward, that British wit and nutcase and actor, said something that I, I really loved, and I bought into it. Work is much more fun than fun. <laughs> and I ah. admit, I confess that I have been a happy workaholic, which I know doesn't always get good high grades with all the psychologists in the world. But when I came to New York in 1957, I think that was during the Spanish-American War or something. It was way the hell back. <laughs> and I got a big job for $3,400 a year, a year. I took home, after taxes, $200 a month. Now, it was a little less pricey than it is now, but I lived in apartments, well, let's say... <laughs> You wouldn't want anybody. You wouldn't want your worst enemy to live in them because I was. I basically because I went to work an hour and a half early every day because I loved it. I loved the whole idea that I could go there and learn something and do something and <laughs> maybe be noticed. Uh, I laughed at myself later in later years in a corner office in New York and earning more money than I ever dreamed. A nice middle-class boy from Coral Gables, Florida, more money than I'd ever dreamed I'd be earning. I was at maybe 150,000 a year, and I still went to work an hour and a half early. 
I always uh, I always followed the fo- philosophy of Maynard G. Krebs. Work. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I loved it. I, you know, and I still lo- I still love it. Yes, I'm 86, and I I admit there it, it annoys me that I can't pound the desk and say, "Well, I've got 20 more good years." No, I don't. That's BS. I hope to have another five or six good years. I mean, you all know that writing or doing stand-up or all the different things you do, that writing is the hardest non-physical job in the world. You know, I mean, to make this work, everything else has to work. So, but I still do it. I get up every day and I work six, if I'm up to it, six, seven, eight hours a day because I'm also making use of the time I have. You know, I'm, I'm living on borrowed time. Not that the doctors say you're going to kick off. They say you're so damn mean, Flaherty. You'll last forever, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> which is possible. The good point, though, is if you were to go out and kill somebody, life in prison ain't that big of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's why you though. don't. That's why you don't mess <laughs> with old men. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm not going any place that doesn't have bidets. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, they got him in prison. But, it's just a different kind. <laughs> oh, oh hey, that's they have, awful stuff. Uh, they have Dreadful. the big bidets. Yeah, they're different. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> in, in your book, you gave us a lot of tips on how we can basically avoid getting old, at least mentally. The, the number one thing that shocked me that you should do every morning is make your bed. Oh, yeah. But surely you've heard of that Admiral Andrew Mc, McCracken, Andrew Mc, McSomething. Phil McCracken, he, I think it was. Yeah, he gave a, a speech and wrote a book called Make Your Bed. And it's and it's terrific. But I've been doing that for 50 years. And my, I'm spoiled. I have a live-in this is her 22nd year with me, a nanny who takes very good care of me. My home is OR clean. I am served brilliant food. I just had my dinner 45 minutes ago. I ate two meals a day. And she says, you know, Senor Jim, I will make your bed. I said, someday you'll have to. (laughs) Right now, now I'll roll out of bed in the morning and turn around and make my bed. You take something messy and you make it neat and that gets your head started for the day. So, Jim, I'm going to ask you something personal then. Are you married? Have you been married? I was married uh, for 15 years to a, a very beautiful girl, and we, we got married, I think, in seven weeks or eight weeks uh, because we wanted to have children. And why we did that when I was in the Army earning $80 a month, but we did, and we did it to my, my darling babies. Let's see, the baby will be 60 in April and my other daughter will be 62 in July. I still love them and and they still love me, although Kelly, the elder, says you're going to live forever just to spite us. <laughs> Which I think is true. Actually, actually, Jim, I don't know how well you know Carolyn, but I think that might have been a marriage proposal. Oh, yeah, I think... Uh, only, only if the nanny comes along with him, man. I mean... I know. Carolyn, every woman I know says that. Says, in fact, and they also say, Jim, you can die. and You don't have to leave me anything, but leave me a stare. That's the name of the nanny. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, like the, it's like that joke. Uh, 
Carolyn and, and Dale and Tim, of the guy that goes to a party. They all, the whole bunch, they've all known each other. They're all about 50 years old. He, and he has this new bride and she's like 24, a, a, a runner up to Miss Universe. And they said, God, where, where did you, Charlie, where did you get her? How did you get her? And he said, I lied about my age. I said, oh, really? what did you tell her? I said, I told her I was 86. Yep. <laughs> 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 86 and wealthy it gets more and more attractive every minute <laughs> that's like my favorite joke of a guy in about 86 and he walks into a jewelry store in Fort Lauderdale with his 30 year old girlfriend and he says I want a ring for my girl and the guy brings out some rings and says no I want a big one so he brings out these beautiful rings. He says, I'll take that one right there. The guy goes, well, that's $27,000. He said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to write you a check right now. But you, you know, he can't get it cashed until Monday. So I'll leave the ring here, and I'll pick it up after the check clears. So it comes Monday. He gets a phone call from the guy. He says, hey, this check is no good. He goes, yeah, I know. But let me tell you about my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, now, listen, ladies, life, always life, get the jewelry up front. Life, always. Life does things to you. I just took care of somebody with dementia for the last three years. So, oh. you know, and, and that also, when you go through things like that, then you realize, gee, I better make use of whatever time I have left because you really don't, ex you don't expect those <laughs> stupid things to happen. I mean, my father got sick went in the hospital one Sunday and died the next when he was 47 years old. And, and and my mother, who was a terrific woman, all just went nuts. And she had a 14-year-old going on 12. I was not a hip, <laughs> you know, top of, top of the class uh, kid, although I was a good kid. Anyway, uh, life is like that. I, let's, let me talk about my mother for one moment. She taught me a lot of things, actually. Uh, uh, one of them is that she raised, raised me on the golden rule. And I liked the idea, but it actually started with Confucius about 300 BC. He said, you want, you always should want your neighbor to treat you the way you treat your neighbor or something like that. Uh, but I, and I liked the idea of it, but the language as a writer, I hated the language, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. You know, lay that on a four-year-old when they go, huh, what? You know, so I rewrote it for myself and my children. And my kids still play it back to me, five words. You get what you give. And if you give a helping hand and a sympathetic ear, a generous heart, a $27,000 went ring. You get or a, or a $90,000 ring, you get it back. But if all you do is criticize and complain and anger and piss people off, that also comes back to bite you, you know, where, you know, so I still use that. I can yeah, say that same thing in three words. Yeah. <laughs> Karma's a bitch. <laughs> I always like my version of the golden rule. Go, do unto others and then split. <laughs> You're a bad person, <laughs> Dale Irvine. You can tell. You probably were an advertising man, I think. <laughs> I was a madman. I was a madman of, of Madison Avenue. I that 
that show could have been based on me, except, as my best girlfriend said, no one got drunk or later in my office because I, <laughs> I, I really didn't permit it. I, I don't tell jokes from the pulpit, and I don't believe in oral sex in the Oval Office or any of those things. I think you have to have sanctity of place somehow in your life. Somebody actually once pointed out to me, they said, this, you watch Mad Men, and the sad thing to think about right now is that uh, the real Don Draper is out there somewhere struggling <laughs> with his grandson trying to figure out his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh. that, was, that was also in advertising, and I'm very proud of the fact to this day that I wrote the slogan, Good to the Last Drop. I'm not that proud of the fact, yeah, I wrote it for Otis Elevators, so it really never took (laughs) time. Oh, oh, you you got me there. Well, I I try. (laughs) Anyhow, you base a lot of the stuff in your book about, you know, your your mental attitude. And, you know, one of your quotes, if if you think you're over the hill, you are. You, are. you know, and, oh, yeah. and you're only as old as you think you are, you know, and that's got to be a big part because I know a lot of people who were old when they were like 40. I mean, you know, they were already old and they just, you know, never, uh, never had a chance to recapture uh, the youthfulness. Dale, was it Benjamin Franklin or or uh, Churchill? One one of them said or Mark Twain said a lot of a lot of. Many men die at 50, but they're not buried till 75. <laughs> I mean, ah, that's, okay. That's true. That's true. A lot of people, I, I look at people now and I say, what the hell are you doing? You know, my friends say, are you going to give me a lecture again today, Jim, or shall I just sit here and confess all and tell you that I'm not worth crap anymore? You know, because it, it bugs me. It really does. But especially in this pandemic, you know, people are stuck at home. They're not doing anything, and they're just counting down the days until it's time to check out. And that, you know, that's not a healthy attitude to have. It's a terrible and terribly boring. I in the book, I know I talk about. I I I, I can't remember right now whether I said it humorously or not. I said one of the pa- the chapters is called passion. You've got to have a passion, and I don't mean the sweaty kind. I mean the kind, the kind that makes you get up in the morning and say, great, I really feel like writing today, or I feel like painting, or learning a new language, or, or learning how to swim, or volunteering, or doing something for the church, or learning a new language, doing something so that you're not going to get up. I read a statistic the other day. It said 75% of people over the age of 65, watch television 48 hours a week. I thought, Jesus, God. <laughs> I mean, Where do you find uh, 48 hours of television worth watching? That's what I want to know. There is Jerry Tim, Springer, man. Tim, Jerry you're Springer. right. There isn't, there isn't 48. It, it's terrible. Terrible. So, Jim, I'm curious. What made you start this book when you were in your 40s and finish it in your 80s because so the only process i can think of like that did you see the movie boyhood which was a really interesting movie it came out i don't know eight nine ten years ago and the director took 12 years to make it wow because i'll I'll look it up it sounds interesting yeah it took 12 years to make it because they tracked the life of this boy i mean nothing happens in 12 years which is a little disappointing but it's a it's a it's a movie that took 12 years to make 
But yours, your book took 40 years to okay. write. What's Thank the process? You. Thank you for asking. My entire life, from the time I was a teenager, I had much older friends. I mean, when I was a teenager, maybe they were old hags around 20, 45 years old who were advising me. Because I, I was a, kid, a good kid. I was a nice, nice kid. When I was 20, my closest friends were 40. When I was 40, my closest friends were 75, 80. And I listened to them. They'd say, turn left, turn right, don't do that. That's stupid. Or that's brilliant. Or why are you doing that? You're you're getting dumber every year. Or I don't know what I would do without you. Or you don't put an age on people. And all in all, they taught me how to think out what I'm what I have to do and to learn to respect my own decisions once I've made a good decision. And I loved those people. And I actually wrote it 44 years ago as a, because we didn't do blogs then. You know, I didn't have a computer then. Mm -hmm. I wrote a love letter to my friends and I titled it Dear Old Friends. And I read it and I smiled at it and I filed it and forgot it because I had two children in college. I was changing careers. I had bought a stack of stone in the country and developed it. It ended up as a four or five star country and conference center. And I did that for 30 years. After 30 years of advertising, I had a new mate. I had, I was going nuts. Anyway, I found it about a year and a half ago and I reread it and I thought, huh, I still like the ideas of what I was thinking back then, except now I'm one of them. I'm suddenly a dear old friend to many younger people. I mentor people. I'm, I'm going next week to Hotchkiss, a very famous private school in our area, to mentor some of the senior classes about to get the kids off their ass and <laughs> start thinking about life. Well, that's because you can't find people 20 years older than you anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Until I met you. <laughs> uh, so, but it really is, it was based on that. And so then I added the subhead to it this year. It says, Dear Old Friends, a loving reminder the band won't stop playing till you stop dancing. And then I put on the cover, XO, comma, Jim, because it still is written to be a loving thank you, and at the same time talking to, not to them, because those particular people are gone, but to other people in that age category of get off your ass and get busy living. Because you're not you're not dead till you're dead. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, want, I want everybody's life, I want people to say, I had a good productive day. Even if it was one hour of being productive, at least they can feel they've done something. So can you relate to Betty White? Oh, I right? love Betty White. I, some days to cheer me up some days, I would go back and look at issues of, of Golden Girls just to see the perfect casting and the perfect script for them. By the way, I learned that Rue McGlanahan was six was 51 years old when when um the Golden Girls started. Did really? you guys know that? She was wow. only 51. Betty White was 63 when right. the Golden Girls started. Brilliant. Absolutely but, brilliant. Yeah. They were so funny. And wasn't, so Estelle, wasn't Estelle Getty actually like the youngest one of them? Uh, yeah, think, yeah. 
Oh yeah, she was. She just and she was perfect. I mean, who could possibly be her mother <laughs> better than Stelgetti? <laughs> no, they were great. I anyway. I mean, life is good. I'm. Uh, it. Uh, I still would like to think that I'm going to have another ten years of writing. Maybe I will. Hey, I am. I am healthy. I'm. For, I'm fortunate. I'm. And I, I don't think good health is necessarily a, a gift. Partially it is but in terms of your DNA. But I do really live healthy. I live, I weigh five pounds less than I weighed at the end of basic training in the Army. I eat two meals a day. I do 30 minutes of exercise every day. I get, and I'm fortunate, I have a pool, an interior pool in my house. My wow. home is a barn. It's a converted barn. And uh, there's snow outside. We've got... I, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so your secret to a long life then is um, get yourself a nanny. And then <laughs> you'll probably eat better and uh, you don't have to do the laundry. And 22 it, years not... ago. She's so, so cute. She's a little, little Mexican. She still calls me Senor Jim after 22 years. You know, And she'll say, <laughs> she'll say, why don't you? Why don't you invite, oh, Senor Jim, why don't you invite Senora Carolyn over for dinner? And I'll say, gee, that would be nice to have an all-white, all-American woman sitting at the table. And she said, I'm going out to protest. I'm going to protest. I think Senorita Carolyn actually likes that idea. <laughs> Carolyn, there's always room at my table and lots lots of guest bedrooms and i have a king-size bed <laughs> you devil and the bed and it's made and it's made you, you just blew it jim you told me you were healthy sorry <laughs> but yeah, i know i know how you have to wait till i get into senility and all of that uh, it'll be very boring <laughs> so you've written two other books too jim i saw is it just two other books or have you written a bunch more no no just two other i i wrote those and I never did anything to publicize them. They're not a bad read. They're both pure fiction. You know, birth, death, romance, sex, Broadway, international travel, everything. I wrote them as a challenge to myself, wondering after years of writing 30-second and 60-second commercials and nicely tailored script for print ads, I thought, I wonder if I can keep a 350, 400-page story going and keep the characters tied together. And, and it was wonderful. You know, it was a great exercise for me, and I and I may do another one. I've actually been thinking about another novel, although I've outlined another book in this category. I, my working title of the new book is "I'm Not Old, I'm Only 87." <laughs> so, and I, and I I may I may write that too, just to get it going. Well, you've inspired me, man. I started writing a book when I was like 12 years old, and I think it, it was <laughs> The Adventures of Boogerman. And I think <laughs> I could possibly go back and finish that now. <laughs> that sounds about your intellectual level, Dale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way above it, you know. I was in the part of the class that made the top 40% possible. Oh, so, I just read a line in a funny book. People like us, Dominic Dunn, and it had it's a line in it. Do you know why mice have such little balls? Why? Because, because they don't dance well. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Oh, that's nuts. Anyhow. <laughs> Jim, it's been a distinct pleasure chatting with you this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Okay, so I'm listening to this podcast. And I'm saying, all right, I want a copy of that book, Dear Old Friends. Where do I get it? Okay. Um, I know you print something in your website. I I've sent you something, and I think it even has shows a link to the book. But meanwhile, your wonderful audience can look under Amazon Kindle, under James James B. Flaherty, F L A H E R T Y, Flaherty, Flaherty, and the book is Dear Old Friends. There's some nice reviews, some lovely reviews. Fantastic. Well, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't endorse anything, but I really, really enjoyed that book. Print was big, you know. The, it was, yeah, I did that I, on purpose. I, 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 you know, it took like three uh, hours in the bathroom, and I was done with it. So, you know. Same reason, same reason you use the large. The print is big for the same reason you use the large font on term papers. <laughs> just so you know i just went on and i just typed in google dear old friends and there are a couple of broadway numbers that come up and then your book is right there jim so it's right there it goes straight to the amazon page and it's amazing that on the amazon page in the kindle it's free you are no, that's, that's no that's for unlimited if you have unlimited Kindle, Kindle okay. or Kindle Premium, that then you get you can read as many Kindle books as you want. Yeah, but, Kindle, yeah, you know, that's what we have. And I, I I did that for a while, and I thought, nah, hell with it. I I pay for them. You know. but yeah. I, I I priced it very reasonably. It's four ninety seven for a Kindle and ten ninety uh, nine ninety seven for a paperback. I tried to keep it down low, so it's not expensive. And then uh, plus, plus the senior discount. discount. So, um, <laughs> uh, Jim, you want people to visit your website? I noticed your website down here. Is there anything that they would uh, find on there? Of interest? Well, yeah, and actually, and in the book, too, I'm asking people to write me. Uh, maybe we'll start a website of Dear Old Friends. I'm very happy to talk to people who want to talk about their problems with their Children, I talk about in the book how you can improve your relationships with your children, with your grandchildren. I mean, I'm very happy to share whatever I'm thinking about about that. But in the website, they they can learn about that and about the other books. But they can certainly learn about dear old friends on my website, which is jamesbflaherty.com. That's all. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we really, uh, really enjoyed it. Do you have any questions for us? No, no perfect. This is, All right. this is the most fun. Can I do it every week? As <laughs> long as you're above ground. That's right. <laughs> we will have you back, Jim. This has been a uh, this has been a real gas. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. It's James Flaherty, and his book is uh, his book. I wrote it down because I can't Dear remember. Old Friends. Dear Old Friends. Yes. Yeah, see, one of the chapters is about memory, so I got to read that too. Thanks a lot, Jim. Take care. Thank you, friends. All right. Well, we've we've heard from our guest James Flaherty, and and before as we sign off, I'd like to know what tip that he gave us. Are you going to carry on through life, Carolyn? What he what what one thing that he said is going to uh, is going to uh, affect your life? I'm gonna get a nanny as soon as possible. <laughs> 
And Tim, what about you? I uh, uh that that really made me feel younger. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hang out with 86, 87 yeah. year olds all the time. That's the key. Yeah, apparently, yes. That's uh, that's the key to feeling younger. I, uh, yeah, and, and I think that was our first guest. That was uh, we've had guests that uh, uh, were 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 younger than boomers. Right, right. That's our oh, that's our good. that's our first guest that was too old to be a boomer. The greatest generation. Yeah. Yep. Holy cow. I think what I took from it is uh, is to make my bed every morning, even when I'm staying in a hotel. Because that'll really mess with a man. <laughs> Are you going to make it with Linda still in it? Is that that's the plan, right? Let her sleep, and you just make your side the bed. Ooh, I may do that tomorrow. <laughs> Anyhow, my boomer friends, thank you so very much. We hope you had as much fun as we did with this episode. Please tell all of your baby boomer friends to listen to another day above ground and you can reach us on uh, you can reach us on any place you get your your podcast or go to our website another day above ground all one word.com and if you'd like to be on the show you can drop us a line there and let us know until then have a wonderful day because today is another and day that's it above for another ground. day above ground for Dale Tim and Carolyn I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.